Hi everybody, this is Scott Saad. Today I wanted to talk about uh, the rampant gurus of faux positivity, right? All we need is love. We need to be infinitely kind and compassionate. The only way we're going to solve the problem of the problems of the world is through love. And uh, I put out a few tweets earlier this morning that speak to this, but I thought that I would go to my 2011 book, which I really hope that you consider getting, The Consuming Instinct, What Juicy Burgers, Ferrari's Pornography, and Gift-Giving Reveal About Human Nature. Uh, in chapter 8 of that book, so this chapter right here, Marketing Hope by Selling Lies, I wanted to read for you uh, some lengthy passages uh, Frankly, reading, I should probably do a thing where I read the entire book. But uh, so let me just start by the following. There's actually a few really good epigraphs. So hope deceives more than cunning does. That's from Marquis de uh, Vauvenarg. He's a French essayist or was a French essayist. Then there is another one that I use, hope in a jar. Kathy Pice, an American historian. Hope in a jar, meaning that cosmetics and so on are just basically hope in a jar. And then Mara Einstein, who wrote a book on uh, religion. There are numerous similarities between marketing and religion, and the line between the two has become increasingly blurred. So those were the three uh, epigraphs that I used uh, at the start of Chapter 8, Marketing Hope by Selling Lies and the Consuming Instinct. Let me just start by reading this to you. This is the opening chapter, and then I'll jump to another section. There are many biological-based realities that are difficult to accept, including aging, mortality, the sexual boredom that can occur in a monogamous relationship, and the fact that children are born with innate differences in abilities. The last of which, by the way, is what I talk about here when I discuss social constructivism as an idea pathogen. In any case, continuing with the uh, passage, many of the most successful products ever devised and ideologies ever espoused seek to convince us that these realities do not exist. Religion promises immortality, cosmetics sell us the fleeting allure of eternal youth and beauty, social constructivism convinces us that we are all born with equal potentiality and it is only the environment that subsequently hinders our progress and pollutes our otherwise clean tabula rasa minds. Self-help books guarantee us hot monogamy forever, eternal virility, unlimited female orgasms, seamless parenting, thin bodies, popularity, and the ability to generate endless money streams. It is not unusual that many of the books on any bestseller list are self-help books. In a sense, humans have evolved a cap have an evolved capacity to engage in self-deception in order to navigate through life in a delusional state of blissful ignorance. And then later in the passage, I say, hope is an elixir of life. It is the engine that propels us forward in our pursuit of countless goals, all of which might otherwise be impossible to undertake if we were bereft of hope. Later in that chapter... I have a section uh, where I talk about, uh, just give me a second, uh, praying at the altar of the self-help guru. Stuart Smalley, played by the recently elected senator of Minnesota, Al Franken, this, remember this is back 2011, was a recurring character on Saturday Night Live who was infamous for being addicted 
to 12-step programs and related self-affirmation mantras. The 2008 comedy The Promotion starring Sean William Scott and John C. Riley chronicled the struggles of two men vying for the same promotion as managers of a soon-to-open supermarket. Throughout the movie, Riley's character is shown listening to a self-help tape espousing inane banalities. These two examples are quite telling in that they demonstrate the extent to which self-help mantras have seeped into the American conscience. Self-help books constitute one of the most successful book genres. By the way, some of you might say, oh, but isn't your forthcoming book, The Sad Truth About Happiness, a manifestation of a self-help book? Well, it's not schmaltzy stuff, right? I'm, I'm using my personal experiences in life, my lived experiences, uh, ancient wisdoms, uh, the latest science to hopefully offer some mindsets that can increase our likelihood of uh, happiness in life. So it's very much rooted in epistemic humility. I'm not promising you infinite number of orgasms when you're 95 years old. That's what self-help books, typical self-help books do. They promise you this illusory solution to all of your Darwinian-based insecurities. So self-help book, books constitute one of the most successful book genres. Close to 4,000 self-help books were newly published in 2003 alone. More generally, consumers possess an insatiable appetite for seeking self-improvement, estimated at $12 billion for 2008, and achieving wellness, estimated at $1 trillion for 2010. These varied products of hope all promise concrete solutions to universal concerns of evolutionary import, as do advice columns, hence their popularity. Contrary to Abraham Maslow's edict that the epitome of all human needs is self-actualization, most self-help books do not seem to be selling solutions for becoming more self-actualized beings. Rather, they seem to overwhelmingly focus on the four key Darwinian meta-drives that I have mentioned repeatedly, namely survival, mating, kin, and reciprocity. Examples of such books include, and I'll read you the list because they're quite telling, and then I'll link it to what I wanted to talk about stemming from today's uh, tweets. Here are titles of books. Forever Feminine, Male Menopause, Red Hot Monogamy, Making Your Marriage Sizzle, How to Make Love to the Same Woman for the Rest of Your Life and Still Love It, Orgasm Every Day, Every Way, Every Time, A Woman's Guide to Sexual Pleasure, Become Your Own Matchmaker, Eight Easy Steps for Attracting Your Perfect Mate, Fat, so, because you don't have to apologize for your size. The Beck Diet Solution, train your brain to think like a thin person. Eat right for your type, the individualized diet solution to staying healthy, living longer, and achieving your ideal weight. New Parent Power, 1-2-3 Magic, Effective Discipline for Children 12, 2-12, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Think and Grow Rich, The Secret and Law of Attraction. Then I go on. And I analyze, you know, what what kind of illusory promises each of these books offer. So again, this is coming from Chapter Eight of the Consuming Instinct. Please consider getting it. Now, why am I mentioning all this? Because the the folks who engage in this type of uh, uh, self help stuff, this empty, vacuous, fake self help, it's it's always kind of the same template. They are promising you. Uh, a, a unicornia, utopian, uh, you know, world where 
all ills will cease to exist if only you implement whatever they're selling you, right? And, that, and that's certainly not what I'm doing in my forthcoming book, The Sad Truth About Happiness, which I do hope that you will consider pre-ordering. Uh, if you check out all of the endorsers that were kind enough to blurb my book, they're actually, in many cases, making that point that it's, you know, my positions are rooted in, you know, in science, in 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 the power of, uh, you know, my lived experiences in in ancient wisdoms that have stood the test of time. I'm not promising you that you'll be forever feminine and forever virile and how to make love to the same woman twenty thousand times and give her forty thousand orgasms and so on. Those are illusory. They're not real. Uh, why am I mentioning all this? Because there is a a cluster of current uh, peddlers of uh, hope that uh, are quite annoying. If not, uh, they peddle in falsity. The, I call them peddlers of faux positivity. Some of them have successful podcasts. Others have best-selling books. And uh, interestingly, they kind of coalesce with each other and then they try to stay away from those who they otherwise fear might be calling them out. I won't mention any by name, but let me just mention a few, uh, some of the tweets that I posted earlier today that speak to this. Let me reiterate this. Peddlers of faux positivity are dangerous charlatans. Life is not all about repeatedly repeating endlessly that quote, love is love, I love everyone, and we must spread kindness. Of course, love, kindness, and compassion are wonderful realities, but to be loving, to be kind, to be compassionate often requires that you take difficult positions against idea pathogens. Hence, to sit quietly spewing love and kindness mantras whilst real people are being harmed by some ideological brain parasite suggests that you are unkind, unloving, and lacking compassion. Don't be fooled by peddlers of faux love. Justice, virtue, and truth supersede the propagation of faux positive mantras. I hope, I mean, I, I, I looked at the, the response from some of the people uh, that when they commented on, on my tweet and people seem to get it. They, they appreciate honesty. They appreciate truth. They understand that sometimes to be the most compassionate and the most kind and the most loving that you can be uh, is precisely to be truthful. Right. So, for example, attacking the insanity of trans activism when it comes to women's sports does not make you lacking in compassion and lacking in care and lacking in positivity toward trans women, because there's a bigger story to tell. What about the compassion, love and kindness towards the biological women who are being cheated out of all of the years of hard work? Criticizing a religious ideology that places uh, hundreds of millions of women, uh, you know, in, in, in shackles. Is, are you being unkind because you're spreading negativity against the ideology? Or are you being kind, compassionate and loving because you're trying to ensure that all people on earth live with full dignity? So when I take the positions that I do, it's precisely because I am driven by the ideals of truth and freedom, as I explain in The Parasitic Mind. And so to all the people who, to me, in a baffling way, are able to hoodwink millions of people with their 
today I went training and I was full of love and the person I fought with was so loving and I loved so much speaking to this person on my show. They're so kind and compassionate and I love everyone. I love the flowers in my garden. I love the birds that drink the nectar from the flower. I love love because I am so loving and kind. That's precisely the person that is likely quite creepy when you enter the recesses of their mind. I don't need to repeatedly state how loving I am to actually exhibit love. I exhibit love with my actions in the way that I love my children and the way that I proclaim my public love for my wife and the way that I try to fight for all sorts of people who are truly damaged uh, by idea pathogens. Now, some people think, oh, but that's so negative. You're criticizing this and that. No, that's what love. Love is pursuing truth. Love is pursuing freedom. Those are the highest virtues. So the people who are peddling you all this faux positive bullshit are part of exactly these faux peddlers of hope. Cheers, everybody.